From the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey West Weekly. Behind the Masks College Hockey West Weekly is brought to you by Toyota of the Desert, where there's more to our dealership than just sales and service. Your trusted Toyota dealer at toyotaofthedesert.com or at 68-105 Kyle Road in Cathedral City, California. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Stop in for lunch, cater your next event, or just buy a couple of bottles of our award-winning sauces. Top Golf, let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team-building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. The Tag Creative Group. Search T Grand Rudd at redbubble.com and let us help you create a unique design for you or your business. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations around the world. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly with locations in Tempe, Pine Top, and our ghost kitchen in Queen Creek. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Liberty University, play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. College Hockey Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Summer Skates, shower shoes or koozies to show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey West Weekly from the Summer Skates Studios presented by Behind the Mask as a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, well, welcome in, hockey fans, to another edition, another episode if you will, of College Hockey West Weekly. Scott Strandy with you tonight. Podcasting from a parking lot again as uh, we continue to pursue the American Hockey League playoffs, which begin tomorrow in Palm Springs, California. I am in Palm Springs. Uh, I'd like to say I have my co-host with me, but I don't see him on my board. So I have no idea where uh, <laughs> where he is. Uh, probably out in that beautiful, big palatial estate. He's probably trying to get from the the uh, backyard of the estate to the front of the estate or into the building. But anyway, uh, while we wait for Paul Hornstein to join us and join in, um, I will uh, I will tell you we've got a great guest coming on tonight. We're going to visit with the head coach from the Air Force Academy, Frank Serratori, in just about, oh, 12 minutes or so. And uh, in the meantime, uh, I will tell you a little bit about what's been happening uh, in the uh, hockey world because um, the, uh, the college hockey season may have ended, folks, but the, uh, the transfer portal is on fire. Um, there's, it, the players are moving from one place to another. A bunch of players are uh, moving on to the, uh, the professional ranks and not only moving on, but making a difference in uh, in playing hockey um, at that next level in the tournament. So it's uh, it's an exciting exciting time to uh, be a part of it. 
My co-host is here. Oh, uh, he got in from the backyard. He was back out probably talking with the servants, and now he's wandered his way in to the uh, palatial estate on Long Island, New York. Paul, nice to have you back. Um, yeah, I, okay. Um, I was under different impressions. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a different impression, all right. Uh, I don't even want to go into the situation that I'm sitting in right now, but uh, the podcast has started. Uh, I'm running the board. I'm talking, so if you hear things in the background, uh, don't panic. I'm going to have to uh, to go ahead and uh, reach out to Frank Saratori, so that'll be playing as I as I make the phone call to him. So hopefully well, he doesn't come on and say too many bad things because I don't know that I have a way to mute him. <laughs> why would you want to do that, first of all? Well, I mean, at least on the introduction, um, you never know. Okay. So, well, though it is the um, advantage of doing a podcast. I, I, I mean, um, there's yeah, an advantage to doing this. <laughs> well, my point being is, we're not as uh, restricted <laughs> by language <laughs> as. Um, as, as they are, say, on a broadcast situation. <laughs> anyway, we will have uh, have him coming on here in just, uh, gosh, yeah, I don't know, less than uh, 10 minutes. How about that? Nine minutes. Well, that's so, fine. Uh, I mean, I'll of couple. course, yeah, of course, you know that uh, as, as usual, when it rains, it pours. Nobody knows that better than you. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, in a boat flooding down the river somewhere in the middle of the desert. So figure that one out. Well, anyway, if there's anybody that can do that, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Proud uh, moment in my life, I'm telling you. Anyway, well, we all have our skills. You know, people but... say that people say when you have a rental car that that's supposed to alleviate the problems. It's not supposed to add to your problems. Really? But you know what? A flat tire has added to my problems in a rental car and uh here i am anyway let's uh let's move on before we bring coach on a couple of things that you brought up to me i thought maybe we should throw those out there quickly yeah, and then i will call I frank as we uh talk on the air i mean yeah i mean uh yeah i had all my stuff up on my screen um first of all what happened at colgate uh well uh the head coach the long Time head coach uh, up at Colgate, uh, Don Vaughn has uh, decided to call it quits. He is retiring after 30 years as the coach. Um, he, uh, you know, won his ECAC championship. Uh, you know, the first one that their school has won since 1990. It's a long time. Uh, yeah. I mean, he wasn't even the head coach then. <laughs> yeah, I know. You Pretty know? incredible. Pretty incredible. Um, so, does that mean he's going out on top, Paul? Well, clearly that's the case because I don't know what else you would call it. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, considering that, um, you know, they, you know, that he, this was their fourth trip to the NCAA tournament. Um, 
they won a regular season back about 20 years ago. Um, but, you know, that you don't always have to do that. Um, you know, his first trip was in 1999-2000. Lost in overtime to uh, Michigan. You know, so I'm sure that they were not exactly the favorite in that game. Not that they were might they may or may not have been big underdogs, but still. Uh the odds are they were probably a, an underdog. Uh his second trip to the NCAA tournament, they lost to CC. Um a, another one goal loss in the NCAA tournament. Um, um in two thousand thirteen fourteen. The last trip they made before this year, um, a one nothing loss to Ferris State uh, in a regional. Uh, so, um, like I said, you made the NCAA tournament four times. You coach anywhere for 30 years. Um, that's a good run. I don't care what anybody says. You know? Um, and you might as well go out on top. What's he got left to prove now? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's the way to do it. I guess winning the championship would be one thing, but that's okay. Uh, it is what it is. Um, okay, so let's do this. Uh, let's uh, let's take one quick break, and okay. then when we come back from break, I'll uh, I'll give Frank a call. It will be live on the air, so uh, just listen in, and we'll hook him up, and and we'll go from there. And then uh, when we get done uh, with Frank, we can go from there. Uh, I was going to say, if you're going to do that, if you're going to make the call and then you were going to, if you were going to mute yourself totally, well, you can't really Camp. do that. Can you Can't. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be live. We'll just uh, right. go with that and take it from there. And uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Just make sure you tell him we're, we're live when he answers the phone. <laughs> yeah, I will. Okay. At behind the mask. We know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegers. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goal. He scores. Gail McCart. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL starts. 
nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious man! Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack is taking the spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack. It's located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. From the nation's best college hockey conference, access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios, it's ITHSW Podcast's College Hockey West Weekly. All right, well, welcome back in, hockey fans, to another episode of College Hockey West Weekly. Scott Strandy with you tonight from uh, the beautiful Palm Springs, California area as I prepare for tomorrow night's opening round of the AHL playoffs between the Coachella Valley Firebirds and the Tucson Roadrunners. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein, joining me from Long Island, New York. And if you guys can just help me out one second with a little pause here. I will connect with the head coach, I believe, of the Air Force Falcons, Frank Saratori. So let me hook him up. Uh, why would we want to wait for that? Only because we love talking to coach. That's why. So we can have no problems waiting for that. Um, we I don't know if we'll get to it, but hey, Frank and Scott, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Okay, you ready to roll? Okay, we got the head coach from the Air Force Falcons, Frank Saratori, joining us. Scott and Paul with you, Frank. First of all, how are you and how are uh, things after I'm sure the way the season ended was not what you had in mind? Well, no, but, you know, things things are going good. Uh, we're getting, uh, we're preparing for sports cast, preparing for our convention. You know, we've got things, there's always something to do. And uh, uh, we had our banquet uh, for our seniors the other day, so... You know, they're like I said, there's a chipping away at things, and, and uh, there's always, hey, just like everybody these days, there's always something on the to do list. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I hope you can hear Paul. Paul, go ahead. Yeah, coach, uh, first of all, um, thanks for coming on, and we appreciate it always. And, um, you know, I, I, I assume we'll, we, we, we should quickly go over um, the previous season before we move on to some of the more general things, but. Uh, I don't no, think. No. Plan- no, hold on a minute. Stop. You're going to tell Coach what you told me you were going to ask him. We're going to get that out of no, the no, way. No, right no. You want to do that first? I have no <laughs> yeah. problems with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, Coach. Here's the deal. Okay. I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, some of the other people in the media said during the Frozen Four 
that they need to have you and your brother do one of those alternative broadcasts during the Frozen <laughs> Four. And I am all for that. We need that. We want that more than just about anything than you can imagine. Please tell me that's a possibility. You know what? Uh, that, I, that would be fun. Uh, that would be fun, my my brother and I. But we can only be together for a short period of time. Like we, like we're very loving, for, but it's only for a short period of time. And then it gets ugly. It gets really ugly. That's what we and, want. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. I guess that's entertainment, eh, boys? That's entertainment. Well, yeah. I mean, oh, listen, okay. listen. We, I have a brother, and I love him to death. But after about twenty minutes. I understand how this sibling thing works. Um, so right, right, yeah, and and I've got he's little brother to me, and he's like seven years, and I like I was not nice to him the first fifteen <laughs> years of his life, and and, uh, and like he's got a he's one thing he's he lacks a lot of things, but a good memory is not one of them. He remembers everything, <laughs> and uh, uh, so yeah, uh, that would be we are in the entertainment business. That would be entertaining. Uh, we would do it. We would do it. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to let you know that I'm going to talk to some of the other media people if they'll listen to me, and we got to get this <laughs> drum. We got to get this ball rolling here because I am so ready for that. I would. I I would watch that. I would tape it and this is show my age tape, um, and watch it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, we, I actually did some. I don't know if you saw it. I did. I, I did some uh, work with the rank live with Jess Myers. And, uh, right. With uh, pre and post game on the at the Frozen Four, and uh, I, I, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We're just like uh, I have a lot of fun with you guys. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so Paul wants to get into talking about last season, but but before before we even get into that, Coach, um, you're you're surprised that Quinnipiac did what they did, or were you? Uh, were you one of those believers from day one? Well, I knew they had a good team. It's just hard to run the table on the big boys. And uh, But keep in mind, Quinnipiac isn't like Little Sisters of the Four. They no. played in three national championship games. So, I mean, it's uh, when you look at, of course, you got your power five-type institutions, the Big Ten, Boston College. You, you can throw BU, North Dakota, Denver in there a little bit. You know, uh, Quinnipiac is in that next level. I mean, uh, they're... They're everything Mankato was last year, you know, and uh, it's just going to get harder and harder to do what they did because, you know, let's face it, uh, uh, the transfer portal, all the things that are going on right now, the Allstead money, the COLA money that the Big Ten teams, the Power Five schools are offering, like it's it's, it's hard to compete with. Um, when everything was equal, the Big Ten uh, was a was a much better looking guy than than uh, uh, Division Two and Division Three institutions. We are just so diverse institutionally in hockey, um, you know, having these power schools in with, you know, like, hey, Union's a Division Three institution, RIT's a Division Three institution, Colorado right. College is a great hockey tradition and a beautiful building, but they're a Division Three institution. And then you've got the Big Ten schools, you've got uh, Boston College, Arizona State, if they get into a league, watch out, you know. Um, uh, but it is what it is, and uh, hats off to Quinnipiac. Uh, they are the undisputed champions of college hockey. When you run the table, when you beat Ohio State in your second game, first of all, you get by a pesky Merrimack team. Scotty Bork did a fantastic job with that program. You get by a pesky Merrimack team. Then you beat Ohio State. Oh, and then you get to play Michigan. 
and you beat Michigan. And, oh, what's your reward? You get to play the mighty Minnesota Gophers, and you beat them. Uh, no, they are the undisputed champions. If I hats off to them, uh, I, we knew they were good. I mean, they they had a gaudy record. They had a, they have a terrific goalie. And uh, and they, and to be honest with you, they bowed their neck and came through when the chips were down in that championship game against Minnesota. Frank, I'm going to be uh, totally honest with you and transparent on this one. You know, I never am with you, but <laughs> anyway, uh, from the very beginning this year, I was watching them build this record, and I kept telling Paul, I said, I just wish they would play somebody out west so that I could see uh, the cross-pollination between east and west and to see if they were really that good. I didn't want to wait until the Frozen Four, but you're right. Uh, they did go through the gauntlet and come out on the other side. But um, is that frustrating as a coach sometimes? I know it's different for you because you're in Atlantic hockey and you do see the East. But, uh, boy, for us, uh, it, it's hard sometimes to uh, to not get a chance to see the best in the East play the best in the West. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is. And, uh, um, and it's probably always going to be that way to a point with in certain years. Uh, but uh, the fact is, Quinnipiac was good. They've been good for a while. Were they good enough to win the national championship? That was the question. They answered that question. And, uh, you know, like when we used to play marbles when we were kids, you know, uh, once is is luck, twice is skill. Let's see if they can do it again because it's not going to get any easier. It just isn't. Uh, The the Big Ten right now is a a league of all-star teams. And uh, the agents uh, are pushing the players there. They've got that all set by the coal. I mentioned it earlier. They've got resources that everybody else uh, doesn't have, and uh, and uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with for a long, for uh, well, forever. Right now, they just, they it just, they just are. They just will. And uh, you're going to have the odd team that uh, that is going to be able to step up on the given year and compete with them. And you know, you throw North Dakota, they're going to put money into it. Denver's always seem to be able to put things together there. This Quinnipiac team. You know, people say little Quinnipiac, this, that. Hey, they've been good for a long time. And again, I'll say it again. You know, they've been, it, it, it's not, it was It was an upset. Them beating Minnesota was an upset. It wasn't a fluke. They've played in three national title games. And uh, if you get there enough times, hey, you got to be good, but you got to be a little lucky too. And if you get there enough times, you're going to, luck is going is, is to go your way. Uh, and it did uh, the other day against uh, Minnesota. Coach, when you, when you sit there and watch that game, and, and, and Minnesota gets out to the, to the early lead, you're saying to yourself, uh, "Somebody's how are they going to rein in these horses? And, and Quinnipiac was unbelievably disciplined and kept Minnesota mostly to the outside for the entire second and third period. Uh, I, I would assume yeah. that you guys as coaches are going to go to are, are going to try now you may not be able to talent wise but i have to believe that you guys will, will go to 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 watching film like that and be like oh, this is this is how you're going to have to beat teams that are that much better than you are we all we all copy from each other and like you always emulate who's who's the best and uh, you know uh, one of my former players i have a lot of former players coaching right now but one of my former players, Mike Hastings, uh, is going to Wisconsin. And, and uh, wait till you see, hey, like oh, Bob yeah. Peters used to tell me about the big schools, Frankie, that sick horse is going to get well in a hurry. Wait till you see how fast Mike Hastings gets Wisconsin well. 
uh, you know, now with especially being able to utilize the, all the resources that are there financially and the transfer portal. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, but, uh, uh, I, yeah, we all kind of copy each other. I, we watch Mantino. We watch all the guys that, that – uh, I've watched Scotty Sandlin's teams for years. They're so disciplined. They're always above the puck. We watch Mantino. We stole a little bit from, from uh, St. Cloud State. Like, everybody does that. And, uh, yes, teams are watching Quinnipiac. They always have guys above the puck. They don't give up many outnumbered rushes. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, in that championship game, Minnesota had never gave up an outmanned situation, never gave up an outnumbered rush until the, until the goal in overtime. Uh, they were trying to, you know, I don't know if it was by design, that they were sitting on that lead. And uh, Quinnipiac was funneling pucks to the net, but Minnesota had defenders around. And eventually they manufactured some luck. They, they, they manufactured a goal to tie the game with the goalie pulled, and uh, which was a courageous play by Coach Becknell. And uh, yeah. and then they and then he got into overtime. And by that point, Quinnipiac uh, appeared to have all the momentum in the game, and and uh, the overtime didn't go along. But uh, no, it was a very entertaining game. It doesn't get any better than that for a national championship game. It just doesn't get any better than that. And uh, I'll tell you what, I talked about one of my former players, Mike Hastings, uh, how proud I am of the job he's done, and he's going to go to Wisconsin and do great things. But during that championship game, I'm watching, and and uh, I, I took a lot of pride in – I had three former assistants on those benches. I had, of course, Bobby Motsko was my assistant at Denver. Uh, Steve Miller was my assistant at Air Force for two years. And Mike Corbett was at, over at Quinnipiac's bench was my assistant for nine years. So uh, – you know, there's a, a, a good. Uh, I, it was a. It was, I took a lot of pride in and uh, having uh, a good portion of my coaching tree uh, coaching in that national championship game. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, okay. coach. Go ahead. Go ahead, Paul. No, I, I was going to say, um, just based on on on, on things we said. I mean. If you're if you're sitting there and you're and and you are Bob Motzko and you're sitting there and you're watching this game kind of slowly drip away, um, it, it it's not like you guys were doing anything wrong. It, it, does it? Do you get a little frustrated that you can't when as a coach that you can't build on that lead and you watch it slowly drip away, even if you're not really making any mistakes. Well, I think the, the bottom line is you need to protect the lead when you have it. You can't play recklessly, carelessly, and Minnesota didn't. And they were waiting for an opportunity, and and they did get a couple opportunities. They had a power play in the third period that they didn't capitalize. They had a two-on-one where Snuggeroo's shot went over the top of the net. Like, they right. needed something good to happen there. And um, so Minnesota was, yeah, they were trying to beat Quinnipiac, but once they had the lead, they were trying not to beat themselves either. But the big thing, the, the trick is, it's that fine line. You gotta, you you want to protect that lead. You don't you don't want to play carelessly or recklessly. But you gotta keep playing. You gotta keep playing. And uh, somewhere in there, uh, Quinnipiac, uh, you know, obviously, uh, sense of urgency. Uh, they needed to make something happen. They're coming. They're coming. Hey, they pulled their goalie uh, in a, in a power play situation with four minutes left in the game. And. Uh, you know, desperate times sometimes uh, call for desperate measures, and uh, that's what Coach Technol did, and it, uh, and it paid dividends. But uh, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Like I said, uh, 
know, if Svagarud scores on the 2-1-1, or if the Gophers score on the power play, Quinnipiac uh, uh, never comes back, you know. And uh, uh, But that's not how it went. Uh, you know, uh, they didn't score. Quinnipiac killed the penalty and uh, set the stage for a lot of uh, a lot of uh, thrills, a lot of excitement late in the game. Okay, Coach, let's, uh, let's talk Falcon hockey because last year on paper, I know you guys weren't very old yet. You came off of being one of the youngest teams in college hockey the year before, but on paper, you, you seem to look like uh, you were going to have a squad that was, uh, I'm not sure what the word is, but um, maybe, how, how, let me ask no, you this. Scott, hey, I'm going to stop you, Scott. I'm going to stop you because you're babbling right now. Five uh, goalies. The year before, keep in mind, uh, we, we had we had some high expectations because the year before uh, in the playoffs, we took a, a team that wasn't uh, picked to do very well, and we made it to the championship game, and we only lost one player. We lost Alex Schilling. So right. there was well, there was expectations. We did like what we had coming back. And um, I think a combination of things did work against us. We had some untimely injuries, which everybody will have, but we had one to a very key position, which was our starting goalie. And our other goalies did an okay job, but they weren't our starting goalie. And uh, we had some other injuries as well. The other thing is, is all the other teams in our league, like with the transfer portal and team being able to use that, everybody in our league ended up being deep and old. And uh, they used the transfer portal to get experienced players. Like, we're not getting NHL draft choices in our league, but we've got some battle-hardened guys that came through the transfer portal and, 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 and gave added depth to all of the teams in the league. Everybody we played during the year in our league just seemed to be deep. All that, all four of their lines looked the same. Uh, they're, they're 6D. All of them had a veteran goalie. And um, they all just kind of seemed to look the same. And uh, the margin of error is thin. There's uh, not much of a difference between, you know, uh, uh, winning by a goal and losing by a goal. And, and uh, this year, uh, I talked with Brian Riley for Army about it a lot. Like, you know, his goalie stayed healthy. And, uh, you know, if you let up and let it, if we, if Army or Air Force were to let up one bad goal in a game, it's hard for us to make that up. It just, it just is. And uh, so I, I think, you know, we had some uh, tough breaks on our end. But, uh, and then on the other side, uh, our league, uh, team by team, got deeper, got stronger, uh, got better. And I don't see that changing. We still got another year left after this uh, of fifth-year players. I mean, Canisius had um, an ungodly amount of seniors and, and grads uh, and grad uh, students uh, in their lineup. They were an extremely old team. <laughs> Ironically, the two youngest teams in the country were Michigan and Minnesota. But they're <laughs> – but they're, but they've got a star-studded lineup with uh, NHL draft choices. You know, uh, we have to build our team a little bit different. Um, obviously, Quinnipiac is built more in the same mold uh, than, than uh, we, you know, kind of built the same mold as the rest of us as opposed to those those uh, those high-end uh, uh, programs, uh, those uh, BCS, Power 5-type programs that, that can attract that those, that, those blue-chip recruits, you know. Yeah, and, and coach, I and, and and just to back up what you're saying, besides the fact that you can't uh, have a year where you got four goalies playing in games, um, you know, especially when your starter is plays only about a third of the games, uh, there were several different points in the season where it looked like uh, Atlantic Hockey might get a second team in the tournament. 
Um, RIT was really close at a, at a bunch of different points. Sacred Heart was really close at a bunch of different points. Um, so if people don't think that it, that that uh, that league is getting tougher and tougher, um, uh, they're not really paying attention. I think our league is getting deeper, you know, um, and uh, and better. Um, but and uh, like, they, there's no question. Uh, but it, it, like, I don't really think I disagree that we were. There was a point where we were really threatening for for a second team. I mean, I think Canisius and Sacred Heart and uh, AIC and uh, I think they, they they were all doing like they, they all did okay. But I, I don't remember them. Um, uh, I, like I don't remember them really ever, you know, say, you know, being in a being in a contention for for a second uh, for for to getting to, like hey let's let me just get I'll cut to the chase because we were looking at this today we have our league meetings come up I'm the chair of the committee uh-huh. uh, RIT was our top team and they they ran away with our lead when it was all right. said and done they ended up being 22nd uh, in the RPI. Uh, well, right. the 22nd team is is a long ways out of. Uh, you need to get in. You need to be at number 12 or 13 to be able to get in with a, you know, to get in with a uh, uh, an at large berth. So, uh, I think that we're a long ways away. Uh, uh, we're farther away from getting. Uh, I'll tell you what, the Big Ten is closer to getting a fifth team in than we are of getting a second team in. Michigan State uh, finished, I believe. I'm I, like I'm not sure, but in the, roughly they were they were 16 or 17 or 18 right in there, and right. Uh, so they weren't far from getting out, you know. Um, and I, I, and again, you know, the the Big Ten is the Big Ten, and and uh, they've separated themselves. They've separated themselves from the NCHC. They 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 just matter of factly have, and uh, the NCHC is still a really good conference, but uh, but the but the Big Ten uh, has separated. I mean. Uh, at one point, uh, Minnesota was in transition. Wisconsin was in transition. Uh, 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 Penn State was was uh, uh, had started their program and was still on an on a set. Ohio State, uh, you know, Steve Rollick was getting that going. Michigan State was in disarray, uh, and uh, and that enabled, I think, that the you know kind of the the uh, NCHC to have some really really good years. But uh, but now all those situations in the big 10 you know notre dame's always been solid but all those situations now are healthy the only one that isn't right now is wisconsin but uh but trust me mike hastings is going to fix that in a hurry okay so uh when you look at college hockey as a whole frank and, and paul and i like to call you the college hockey czar because we think you are uh, but, but anyway when you look at it as a whole right now um, has it ever been stronger, in your uh, your opinion, with the number of teams and the competitiveness? No, it, it hasn't. It's, it's better than it's ever been. And, um, like, even our league right now, and we talk about where our league sits on the food chain, like, there's not a bad team in our league. If, if there's really – there's not a – there's no bad players in college hockey. There's only 60 Division One schools, and, um, and uh, there's more players that can play at this level than, than there are lockers available. And then – and uh, who knows what's going to happen? Where there are no rules with the NIL and all this, and there are no rules anymore. And uh, they don't don't think that it may not uh, be long uh, before major junior players are are deemed eligible to play college hockey because they're not they're not getting paid exorbitant amounts to play 
you know, uh, uh, major junior hockey. There's not a whole lot of difference between the the uh, major junior player that's playing in Flint and the in the in the, uh, in the USHL players that's playing in Muskegon. There's not a whole lot different between what those players are getting or their experiences in junior hockey. So the landscape is changing, but uh, you're dead on. College hockey is, is like it's never been better. Um, there's never been more um, uh, players uh, going to the NHL. Hey, over one third of the players in the NHL right now played played college hockey, played on one of 60 teams, and uh, and I don't see that changing uh, anytime soon. Uh, right now, uh, college hockey, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, is the first choice for 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 all players uh, north of the border, south of the border. Hey, are you still going to have some good players playing major, junior? Yeah. But uh, I, I, you guys do this for a living. I've never seen so many first rounders playing for teams like Minnesota and Michigan, and they're playing for all you know, BU and, and DC uh, uh, first rounders. And uh, uh, Michigan had a midful last year; they had another midful this year. And uh, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Okay, Coach. Then, then let me ask you this to piggyback on on, on that. I, I do. Now that the NCAA has had all their transformation meetings and and whatever they recommended and didn't recommend, have you guys started to talk uh, about how to um, deal with that? In fact, the the with the uniqueness of college hockey that not you know the smaller schools have been able to compete with the bigger the demographic schools. And how do we maintain that? And and if they're going, and if that does happen, with 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 junior players being allowed to change their mind and play college hockey, does that allow for more teams, or does that give a chance to, for more teams to, well, to I, exist? First of all, like expansion is based predicated mainly. The reason college hockey hasn't expanded more is be because of Title Nine. I mean. Uh, and Title IX has been a great thing for women. My daughters were athletes, and, and right. it's fantastic. Uh, uh, women's athletics uh, at the collegiate level is, is fantastic. And uh, But with those opportunities, like uh, there's a percentage. You, with Title IX, it might right. law, you have to allow a certain amount of opportunities for women. So right. to add men's sports, to be honest with you, you've seen, especially like wrestling and baseball, and there's teams that have been, decimated uh, uh, a lot at a lot of schools they've reduced the number of men's sports due to title line and having to add women's sports because they only right. have so much money to go around so the, the, the growth of college hockey is, is at the division one level has nothing to do with uh you know wanting to or not wanting to it's it's kind of they're just tainted into a corner like there's more division three teams there's 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 piles of them the club right. hockey is really good in the United States right now. The club team, everybody's got really good club teams. So hockey's never been bigger than it. Than, it's never been bigger from top to bottom uh, than it is right now. And in regards uh, to, you know, the, the rules and, and what it's doing, college hockey, the NCAA just doesn't look at we're going to, hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to pass these rules and we're going to allow transferring. We're going to allow this. We're going to allow that. And except we're not going to do it to hockey because it's going to hurt hockey. No, they can't do that. You know, the, all those rules uh, are across the board. When they're putting these rules in, like in, in football and basketball, 
you know, even those power five, group of five uh, football schools, hey, they're all division one institutions. Same thing in basketball. Right. You got your, you got your power uh, conferences, and then you've got your others like, you know, the, uh, the you know, all of the MAC and, and this and that, and, and right. uh, you know, but they're all division one institutions. And and again, I don't think the NCAA, the NCAA is, is going to, isn't going to, they, they can't say, you know, we're we're doing this for for these sports or we're doing these for these leagues, but, but we're not, but we're, but it's not applicable for, for college, for college hockey. I mean, if it's, if it's, if, if the transfers are being allowed, the fifth year players, the COVID players are being allowed at the, at, in, in football, basketballs and all the other sports, they're going to be allowed in hockey as well. I think just the ramifications is all I'm saying. The ramifications in hockey are greater because of the institutional diversity and keep in mind in hockey we don't have division two hockey we either have scholarship right. or no scholarship hockey we have division one or we have division three where in basketball and football you have division one you have a you have division two you have division three you have more divisions and uh and right. uh, you know more more opportunity you know for us uh, the majority of our teams, and I should say the majority, but we have some Division three schools playing hockey at the Division one level. We have a pile of Division two schools when you look at Bemidji and St. Cloud and and uh, Duluth and Mankato. I mean, these are Division two institutions playing hockey at the Division one level. And uh, the reason that they're able to do that is because there is no Division two hockey. If they, you know, if, if there is, if there was Division two hockey. Um, they would be playing at that level. So there's a rule. The NCAA does have a rule that that you you can't play down. Like if you're a Division One institution, you can't play Division Two or Division Three. You have to play Division One. But but if you're a Division Two school, like in hockey, where they don't have Division Two hockey, you are allowed to play up. And that's why we have all these Division Two institutions playing Division One hockey. And in regards to the few Division Three teams that we have. Um, those schools, uh, RIT, Union, Colorado College, are basically they, their grandfather, um, right. a Division three institution that just wanted to come in now and say, "Hey, we want to, we want to become, uh, we want to, we want to be Division one in hockey." It's not happening. Keep, right. keep in mind the, the schools that have done it recently are Division one institutions: Lindenwood uh, and uh, uh, Long Island. Uh, uh, Stone Hill is talking about going Division One across the board, which would legitimize them. Uh, but uh, you know, obviously Arizona State uh, did a few years ago. These these are they're Division One institutions. Well, Coach, then there has to be. Uh, I mean, I get what you're saying, and but uh, is it obvious, or are we just uh, missing the boat here that there's going to be at least some reorganization? In college hockey, because you know your conference mate Robert Morris comes back next year, Augustana comes in next year. Um, it is almost uh, public knowledge or or publicly given that um, in in a couple of years Binghamton and Utica will will have Division One programs. Um, uh, that has to have already come up in discussions too, right? Um, nothing formal, to be honest with you. It's not on our agenda um, right. for Florida, I can tell you that. You know, keep in mind, St. Thomas is a good example that you brought up on uh, Santa. St. Thomas had to went Division One across the board. And, that, right. and that when they made, when they 
uh, when they elevated from uh, from playing Division three, they elevated across the board. And uh, so I don't think I don't think any of this. Uh, it, I do think something to happen. But we're going to start to lose the ones we have. How long can and we've talked about this on the show? Uh, how long right. will the two Alaskas survive on an island? You know, uh, you know how long will uh, you know Lindenwood? We saw what happened to Alabama Huntsville because they, right. you know, they they, they they lost their home, and uh, when they lost their home, eventually they lost their program. How long can Long Island do it as a, an independent? Uh, you know, uh, eventually enough of these schools they may need to they may need to do it on their own. They may need to get together and, and form their own league and. That's what we did years ago with the right. CAJ, um, with uh, Bemidji, uh, Alabama, Huntsville, Findlay was a, a team in the league at that time. Right. Niagara, uh, uh, Wayne State out of, out of Michigan was a team at the time. Right. Air Force, like uh, we, you know, we we did it out of necessity. Um, we, we like Air Force uh, wanted to be a part of a league and. And, uh, and so we got together with Bruce McLeod from the WCHA. We got all those schools together, and we formed the, C- the CHA. Eventually, Bemidji went on to the WCHA. We went on to Atlantic Hockey. But, but uh, at first, we formed, we formed a, a league ourselves. And uh, to be honest with you, it was more for a scheduling alliance than it was to be in a league. But eventually, right. that evolved into an, a league, that, a league that, that had an AQ and, and – uh, Atlantic, Atlantic hockey evolved, and I think in some ways, maybe that same thing has to happen with those independent schools right now. Because I can tell you right now, uh, Atlantic hockey, we are not interested in going to and having a fourteen or sixteen team one bid no. league. To be honest no. with you, well, like we would, we would much prefer, and I, and I can't speak to the league or the athletic directors, commissioner, but. I can tell you from the coaches, if if it got down to we, if we had to take all the refugees in, like we would be more apt to want to take them in and form two leagues and have two seventeen leagues or two eighteen leagues as their own. have a fourteen, fifteen, sixteen team one bid league when we could have when we could have two leagues of seven or eight teams and each and, and have two AQs. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, it makes, if I articulated that well, you know, it makes it makes complete sense, Coach, and 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 and, and maybe that's what happens um, if 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 some of these teams uh, do become official. Um, I wouldn't see why it wouldn't happen that way. It would be kind of silly to do that. I mean, that just I, I first of all, you you couldn't even that would be a scheduling nightmare. Wouldn't it? I, I missed that. I'm sorry. What was that? No, I I said if you, it wouldn't make any sense at all to do it to to be one league. That would be a scheduling nightmare, would it not? Well, Forget about anything you else. You actually have to have two divisions within a league. Which, if you're going to have two divisions within a league, you might as well have two leagues and have your own right. AQ. And, uh, right. And you need you need a minimum of six teams to have a, a league and earn an AQ. So I I guess like. Again, these teams that you mentioned, uh, Utica, Binghamton, like they got a long ways to go. Stonehill's right. got a long ways to go. Right. Um, you know, um, Lindenwood's still building on it. They need to find a way to stay alive. Uh, uh, long Island, I mean, uh, but eventually, hey, eventually uh, for uh, 
for Greg Powers down at Arizona State in that program. That you got it. Building and all the momentum they have. It's, it's, it, it's getting to a point where if they want to maximize their potential, they've done everything they can as an independent, I think. If they want, there's still some more upside, but the upside is as a member of a, of a league. It's not as an independent. Right. They need to find a way. Uh, you know, maybe the Big Ten would take them like they took Notre Dame. I don't know. That would be obviously a institutionally. They certainly, as a Power Five school, would fit that. You know, they they fit into the NCHC uh, a little bit with uh, geography with Denver and CC being in the Southwest a little bit. Uh, I think that they could fit into Hockey East in the same way that we fit into Atlantic Hockey. Um, And uh, I think there's a, a number of ways, but ultimately... For them to maximize their potential uh, and take it to the next level and really, really, really contend nationally, uh, they they eventually they need to take everything that they that they've done and everything they've accomplished, everything that they've acquired and built, and uh, they need to find their way. They need to find their way into a league. Coach, let me ask you this, um, kind of for my final one, but. Uh, as Paul and I have been talking with a number of teams that are, are talking about coming on board and that are coming on board, is now the time for the NCAA to expand the tournament? Uh, should they go from 16 to 20 or maybe 24? Or do you think it's too soon? It's not about um, – and these are all good questions, guys. And I, I know the answers to some of these questions because I served on the committees, on the NCAA committees, on the championships committee and the tournament committee and the rules committee and all this type of thing. We we were not able to go uh, from we were a 12 team tournament not long ago, and we went to a 16 team tournament. And what it, what enabled us to go to 16 teams there was two factors. Um, number one, the, the with the MAC, which is now Atlantic Hockey, with the CHA, we increased the body, the number of Division One schools because there's a percentage that they want to have in order for you to have a. Uh, a 12 team, a 16 team, a 32 team, your body, the body of teams you have to have, you have to be at a, at a certain percentage. And um, we are still a little underneath that percentage, but they allowed hockey to go uh, uh, to 16 teams because we were close to the percentage and our, our tournament, our tournament made money. It still makes money. Very few NCAA tournaments make money. And uh, uh, hockey is one of them. Uh, baseball is another uh, wrestling, uh, basketball, obviously is is the is the is the uh, is the is the uh, is the gorilla, yeah. you know, on the block. Uh, football is now being run by a, t- a totally different deal through the FBS and all that. But uh, uh, yeah, we were we were able to go to 16 teams because the our percentage of our body got close enough, uh, and combined with the fact that. That, uh, that our tournament was making money. Okay, so that would lead to the question then, um, even if you don't have an exact number, what would it take, how many teams would it take roughly for to be able to increase the tournament to 20 teams? Then? I, I think you'd have to ask somebody from the NCAA that, okay. that question. And because um, uh, I, I, I really... I don't have it, and uh, okay. and I, I don't. I like I, I can just tell you we're getting ready for our meetings in Florida, and and I'm just letting in under the hood, and your listeners in under the hood. Like we've got nothing on our agenda. Maybe the national agenda will be different, 
but there's nothing on our agenda about the, about the uh, emerging programs that you spoke of. There's nothing on our agenda about increasing the number of teams in the tournament. Um, no, there's there's we there's and not not to say that those things couldn't happen, but uh, uh, I certainly haven't uh, haven't haven't heard anything, uh, you know, regarding either of those issues. All right, let's uh, let's end it on this one, Coach. Tell us about the Falcons, the 2023-24 Falcon hockey team. What are you looking like? What do you think about your recruits? Uh, where are you going to be this time next year? Well, I don't know anything about our recruits, and uh, and uh, I'll tell you in two years about our recruits when I tell when when, when the ones that are still here and how much they've improved. Uh, you know, we build our teams a little bit different than Bobby builds the Gophers, and. Uh, and, uh, you know, for us, it's not about what we have coming in necessarily. It's not. It's, it's about what we have coming back. And uh, we like what we have coming back. And our freshmen, the freshmen we bring in, um, you know, we have to develop them. We have to work with them. They're not NHL draft choices. They're not blue chip. They're good junior players that we hope to be able to develop into to very good, uh, very good college players. But but that, that takes some time. So uh, to answer your question about the Falcons next year, uh, well, uh, you know, we like what we have coming back. Uh, we, uh, uh, we've got two of our goalies coming back. And uh, 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 Blessing, who was our number one goalie, keep in mind, keep in mind, I don't mean to go back in the broadcast, but, it's okay. you know, we, we didn't make the playoffs this year, and that's not, that's not acceptable. But keep in mind that we had, uh, we, were, we were three games over 500 uh, with our record when Blessing got hurt. And uh, so, like, we were... Had we maintained that, we would have easily made the playoffs and made some noise uh, in the playoffs. Uh, but we didn't. We lost him, and then we lost some others. We lie. We, you know, we found a way to lose a lot of close games. Uh, biggest thing for us, we like what we have coming back. Uh, we need to stay healthy, especially in certain areas, and uh, we need to find a way. Uh, we need to find a way over the hump and uh, uh, winning those one goal games instead of losing those one goal games. And uh, um, it just seems like every year. The teams that do well, the teams that will do well in the playoffs, the teams that go to the NCAA tournament, they're the teams that that find during the during the year they find ways to win games instead of finding ways to lose games. And uh, and uh, you know that's what we need to uh, evolve back into next year. Like I said, we like our guys. We like our guys that are coming back. Um, I've got I've got the utmost confidence that that uh, that uh, the Air Force Falcons are uh, you know a little bit of a stinker last year. For a lot of different reasons, but uh, I feel good about it, and uh, uh, we'll be back. I'll tell you right now, boys, we'll be back. Coach, right, well, I do want to oh, one thing, Paul, real quick. Uh, okay. Coach, I, I need you to give us an update on that building because things that are coming back, man, the renovations there are fantastic. And you guys, are you done yet? Close to done? I don't know. Like they're still working, they're still okay. building away. You know, I want to say that we've. I've been telling people we've got. There's been some brand new buildings in, in uh, college hockey. There, of course, ropes and down in uh, CC, UConn, Sacred Heart, and I like where I feel like telling our recruits and the Air Force we got a brand yeah. new building. It's, yes, you it's, do. It's not, but but it but it, it pretty much is. Went from we've replaced <laughs> everything in. It's a uh, it's like an old car that we uh, we put a brand new engine in and new tires and new steering and like <laughs> so. Yeah. It, it might be the same. It might be an old shell, but it's a new building, boys. <laughs> oh, and how. Totally agree. Well, here's my last question, because I know you obviously every team does it when their season's over. 
Um, do do you think the and you have most of your guys coming back? Do do, do they have have they kind of given you that we're going to come back with a chip on our shoulder sort of mentality uh, after this past season? Absolutely, uh, and and that, and be honest with you, that it was phrased in that exact way. I mean, uh, and uh, you know what happened this year. None of us like it. It's unacceptable, and uh, and uh, you know uh, we're all a little pissed off about it. And uh, and we we can't we we can't let that. You know, if it's anger, frustration, whatever, you can't let it bother you to a point where it, it becomes a, a detriment to you. But you better not. But you better not fully let it go away either. You better hang on to a little bit of that because, uh, uh, hey, we, we need uh, we need to come back. We need to play. We need to change things around. And things aren't going to get turned around if we don't come back with an attitude. And uh, uh, what you phrase, chip on your shoulder. Uh, we better have a little bit of that. Coach, appreciate your time as always. Have a great rest of the summer, and uh, we'll see you real soon, okay? Okay, guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me on. All right. That's the head coach from Air Force, Frank Saratori, joining us on College Hockey West Weekly. Uh, as always, Paul, we always run it right up against the uh, the end of the always. show because everybody likes to talk and always good stuff. Um, so I want to ask you to go – too much into detail, but just with the final three minutes left here, um, anything that you took away from that conversation today that you're going like, whoa, I didn't know that because I picked up on a couple of things. Um, I probably picked up on the same things, but um, just, you know, it, it was we there were so many things. Um, and I can't help it. I'm fixated on uh, the Saratori cast. So, um <laughs> Um, I get it. Yeah. I, I guess one of the things that I took away from it was um, this percentage thing. I thought you yeah. asked him a great question because I thought he maybe knew when he said we were close, uh, and that's right. why they gave us 16 teams. Well, now well, how close are you? Uh, well, see, but there hasn't but been I, a lot happening since then, right? But I also, yeah, but I also picked up on 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 his point that the the tournament still makes money, so you get all these people. That say, why do we do it this way? Why do we still do it? Why aren't we doing this? And 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 I'm one of them. I I I want to see them uh, go to campus sites. We've we've talked about that several times. Um, but if the if the tournament's making money, it ain't going to change that fast. Well, yeah, I, I get and, that. But but let let's look at 2023 here. Um, everybody wants to make and, more money, right? It's but what, about, and what was what was that number, though? Profit, See, that's the that's the large profit, right? But like you said, what was the number? If they were right. close when they went to yes. sixteen, and I don't know what year they went to sixteen, I would assume it was. Uh, I shouldn't say assume. Um, well, I, I'm going to guess it was somewhere around two thousand. Yeah, and here, here's what I think: when they went to sixteen, uh, how many teams have come into the league since that point? Because up um, until just the last couple of uh, years, that number was pretty steady. It didn't really fluctuate a whole lot. Now we're talking about more. And I thought it was interesting that he said that's not even on the agenda, talking about these other schools, because I thought that, you know, from the media perspective, everybody's been talking about it, right? Yeah, well, the uh, you would think, I mean, the, 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 the tournament went to 16 teams in 2003. Okay. Okay. So now if we, we, we kind of go back 
uh, to that se the, the season before. So that's 2003. The, so the 2002 tournament, um, let's see, there were, um, so you had 10, 11, 21, 30, 42, 48, 60 teams. So okay. they're not really that far away. So they're probably still right in that percentage number that the coach was talking about. So right. it might be a while. So even if you add three or four teams or even a half a dozen teams, which is what it looks like, it may not be high enough. Um, and like you said, they're making money. Um, right. And we don't know what what that number is. And obviously we're never going to find out what that number is. But um, so then the, 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 the thing would be, um, A, don't would, do you want to make more? We get that. But it also might not be the focus of the NCAA right now with everything else going on. Right. So. Yeah, good good stuff. All right. Well, I got to go find a tire. So uh, um, take it away. <laughs> all right. Um, maybe you should go find a couple of fat tires, too. Um, oh, yeah, if you know, you know. Uh, from the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Mask, College Hockey West Weekly on the Ice Time Hockey West.com Network is brought to you by Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community. Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California. Finlay, Toyota in Henderson. Desert Toyota in Tucson. Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is, in the resort or in town. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three valley locations or behindthemask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Available at two locations in 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, as well as 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. By the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. The Tag Creative Group. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com and let us help you design that one-of-a-kind gift for you someone special top golf play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase find out how see your local top golf center or go to topgolf.com the caesar sportsbook app download the app where available but please play responsibly liberty university over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus see us at liberty.edu and by college hockey inc your NCAA hockey resource. College Hockey West Weekly presented by Behind the Mask is live every week on the Podbean app and available along with all of our weekly podcasts for download at your favorite podcast platform. Search ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, to find any of our shows. Subscribe, rate, and review the shows or just tell a friend to help others find the podcasts. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Weekly and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. Uh, again, my apologies if you're hearing all kinds of background noise here because I'm podcasting. You're all, live on location, lot, dude. You're live on location yeah, it, from Akashur Arena. From Akashur Arena. From Panera Bread. Whatever. Listen, you have to eat somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, you know, so, it's always great I mean, to have Frank on. We have to do it a certain yeah. way because we're not able to connect with him through the app, uh, being with yeah. the Air Force and the cell phone and all that good stuff. So 
we appreciate uh, any time we can get him on. He's always a great conversation. We thank him for joining us. And uh, I will tell you that Stephen and I will be back tomorrow to talk about the the latest in the World Cup of University Hockey. Nice. And a gold medal game for Team USA. We'll have uh, Kirk Handy on, the head coach from Liberty, joining us. Nice. Is he there or is he he just still in, in, in Virginia? He's in Virginia, I believe. I don't oh, okay. believe he uh, made the trip, but um, okay. so we'll have him. Uh, and then Thursday, Stephen and I will bring you the first round updates from the uh, first game updates from yeah. the AHL playoffs on the Pro Hockey West Report. Paul and I will be back Sunday night and uh, Monday, Tuesday next week. So we look forward to seeing you all listening to all of your comments. You can reach us uh, on the app. You can reach us on the website or uh, any one of our Twitter uh, follow so all right we'll say good night little roger klein the peacemakers de niro good night everybody good night